0: Welcome to The Spawn Chunks, episode number 47 for Monday, July 8th, 2019. My name is Johnny. the internet knows me as Pixel Riffs, and joining me as always is my good friend, Joel Duggan. Hello, Joel. Hello, and happy
1: birthday to my sister, Andrea, who does not listen to this podcast at all. (laughs) But you Get have the to sisters take on board.
0: my sister listens to this podcast why doesn't oh, you does she, <laughs> yeah, she occasionally she does she says what? she goes she listens to it when she goes for a run sometimes because it's uh it's something that she can just kind of like zone out to and have some voices in her head without having to concentrate too hard on it
1: nice yeah i I, uh, I tease my sister because she, she used to listen to the Citadel Cafe, my other podcast, and mm-hmm. she doesn't anymore because she's, she's getting married and she is going to be stepmom to a six-year-old. And so I asked Kaylee, the six-year-old one time, it's like, so do you like Minecraft? She's like, I don't really think I know what that is. And then she said, she decided after I told her about it, it's like, no, I don't really like Minecraft. And, mm-hmm. I, and I tease Kaylee now. It's like, do you like Minecraft? She's like, no. And I just look at her go, yet. <laughs> and I look at my sister like, you don't listen to my podcast about Minecraft yet. Yes. <laughs> yeah, no, it's... Kay- Kaylee's just a little bit young, but I think when she gets uh, older, because she loves Lego. And yeah. I, I think there's going to be a. And she also gets frustrated with rules. While she obeys rules when they're in place, she also very much wants to do her own thing. Mm-hmm. Like, it, Kaylee wants to, she will listen to you if she's somehow decided that she's come up with that idea herself. So her parents have to try to convince her that the thing that they want her to do was her idea, because then Mm -hmm. it's no problem. If Katie thinks it's her idea, she's on board. Uh, And that kind of environment with, you know, there are no rules, no holds holds barred. I can do whatever I want. I can see her being very interested in (laughs) when it comes to Minecraft.
0: Give her her five years, she'll be breaking bedrock like a pro. It'll happen, believe Uh, me. Exactly, exactly.
1: well, speaking of uh, people that are interested, uh, we have a milestone to announce here on the podcast. Uh, These Spawn Chunks has now passed 100,000 downloads. Uh, that is Audience cumulative. Take a take calls. Everyone. <laughs> here. Kaboom. Uh, that is, of course, cumulative over the last almost year uh, and 47 episodes uh, all combined. So that is phenomenal. I mm-hmm. Wow. I That's just a fun fun number to look at when, when the, when the, the, uh, the blueberry power press, uh, email comes in on Sundays and says, here's your statistics for the last week. And oh, by the way, here are some big things that happened You're just like, oh crap. That's a
0: big number. Fantastic. Certainly is a hundred thousand of anything is always to be celebrated. So thank you so much. And, and speaking of which we had a quarterly patron hangout, uh, yesterday um and which went really well so thank you to everybody who was able to turn up to that we've had some really great feedback from our patrons and even from folks who weren't able to tune in live uh the uh the whole thing is now uploaded to the patron rss feed so if you are a patron of the show you can log into patreon or just open up the patreon rss feed if you already have that in your podcatcher and it'll appear in that as a regular kind of episode it will be signposted so you'll know it was a patron hangout it's like the 0.5 episode is 40- 46.5 but uh, yeah, well, that, that went really well, and it was a pleasure to be chatting to people as usual. Got some, uh, some good feedback, some good ideas, and ultimately we seem to be pretty happy with the way the podcast is going.
1: Yeah, I really appreciated all the, the feedback. We've had some emails come in, uh, so if you do want to go listen to that, uh, please feel free to send us an email. That's going to be the best way for us to track any feedback about the show itself. Uh, it's it's usually uh, an easy thing for us to to look at. Uh not to mention that both Johnny and I of course have access to the inbox, so it makes it easy just for us to communicate back and forth as well.
0: Certainly does. So uh have you been up to much in Minecraft this week? Well,
1: here's the thing. Uh and this is going to tie into I think a lot of what we you know we're talking about later in the show, but uh it has been <laughs> unbearably warm uh in Halifax over uh-huh. the weekend, which is normally my time for Minecraft. And as much as I wanted to play, I found myself just like sitting down in my studio and just saying, no, no, I can't, I can't do it. I, I don't have a portable way. Like I can't just go and get my Minecraft fix in the living room or, or outside or anything like that. So I didn't play very much if if at all. Uh, I messed around a little bit in the end, just kind of cleaning up and doing some nothing uh intensive just kind of like resource gathering making concrete the kind of stuff that i want to have done before i stream next time yeah and uh and i just found that i wasn't i just wasn't able to spend a whole lot of time uh in it uh especially because i i mean i could play with my ac going but then i can't stream because I can't yeah. record because it's it's loud. Now mm-hmm. it's it's efficient if I put an a, my AC unit in my little you know eight x ten studio, it cools down to like twenty two degrees and it's very comfortable. But it's loud, so I can't do any audio work with that thing going, which is a problem. Uh, so that's kind of where I was. Now I did take some time during the week uh, to edit uh, my latest uh, Let's Play episode and put that up on on YouTube. So I I find this, and I'm I'm curious about how you feel about this too. If I don't have time to play Minecraft or if I have other things like video editing to do, once I sit down and start editing, because of the POV of editing those videos, I almost feel like I'm playing, like I sort of get the same itch scratched from editing a Minecraft video that I do from playing Minecraft, if that makes any sense.
0: Yeah, I can see that. It's not necessarily something that I share because I'm very much aware of like, okay, I've got to edit this, and the deadline is there, and everything, and I just kind of have to to yeah. power through it. But but yeah, if if you especially if you've got a an editing setup that has quite a large sort of section dedicated to the footage, I can see that being a thing where you're 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 kind of got, you've got tunnel vision on the footage itself, and it kind of feels like yeah oh, you're in it in a way, and that that's that's a good sign because it means your videos are kind of immersive for anybody watching as well.
1: Yeah, I hope so. Uh, and and this particular set of, of videos, I, it, it was a lot of hurdles. So I actually ended up spending a long time editing what ended up only being like a 15 minute video. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah. Now, part of that was an, an entire edit session of like two hours one night that I had to trash the next day because it just didn't work. Uh, we had... I lost some of it because uh, I what I do is I download the clips from, from Twitch, uh, not the clips, but the actual full um, streams. Yeah. And and then I cut them up. Now, I generally can find points where I've mentioned something or I'll remember, oh, right, at the beginning of this part or at the end of this part or in the middle, this is where I did a bit of a spiel. So this is going to make good content for YouTube. But in these particular streams of, of building the stuff over the void in the end, There was a lot of quiet time, a lot of just like chit chat with the chat room as opposed to like big kind of conversations. Yeah. So in one part of the video, it's like I must have done like six or eight or 12 edits and I'm only in like two minutes in. It's like, oh gosh, (laughs) like Mm -hmm. these clips are like 45 seconds long at most. So it got better as time went on and I moved on to different parts of the build, but I found it very, very challenging. There was also a technical difficulty bit where I feel like my stream was chopped into two videos when normally it's one. And I remember Twitch being problematic for some people. So at some point there must have been some sort of internet hiccup on Twitch's end because I never stopped streaming. The stream never... I never had to restart the stream, nothing crashed on my end, but um, some people had to refresh the Twitch page. So I ended up um, downloading two different videos and of course they cut out a key part (laughs) of what I wanted to say. So then I had to try to piece two different videos that were recorded in two different times, like the 28th and the 30th or the 1st or something. And then I had to mix clips in the wrong order to make an episode that makes sense. So they were not in the right chronological order. I, so believe it's like, it or not, I've done uh, that
0: a couple of times with my stuff. I, I'll, I'll start a hard. sentence and I'll, I'll kind of fluff a, a line halfway through and it's not like it's scripted or anything, but I want to explain things concisely because I'm making tutorials. Right. And then I'll start another sentence where i thought i could probably pick up and continue the same idea but then the edit point just doesn't work and it feels like you have to kind of chop everything up and have it in a different order in order for any of it to make sense for the context to be consistent and yeah it's it's tough doing those edits so you you have you have my sympathy especially if it's yeah it's a a a Twitch problem not you you know you know not not any particular fault of your own it's just like the, the connection dropped or whatever for for whatever reason
1: and I, I use the same setup for, for streaming that I do uh, podcasting. So the audio is pretty on par, but I've, yeah. I've not been able to really master edited, editing in my own audio fixes to my YouTube videos in mm-hmm. the same way that I can edit a podcast where I can say, oh, I'm, I screwed up this word or I got the website wrong. And so I'm going to pop in and I'm going to say the website. Uh, Or what happens for for me uh, a lot is I'll have a long conversation on the Citadel Cafe and during my outro, I'm tired and I slur important information like I don't speak clearly. So then I'll pop back in and I'll say it. And I can do that seamlessly. But when I try it with a YouTube video, it's like, hey, did you know that Vines can grow under maps and you are just gonna like <laughs> yeah God, that doesn't it's, work at all it's,
0: it's like really obvious adr in movies it's
1: like, <laughs> yeah really really bad yeah. um but I, I that's and that's something that i actually wanted to bring up on purpose this is completely random i noticed this when i was mucking around in the brief time that i had in minecraft i wanted to grow an extra few vines to have in the end for various reasons and i had maps nearby and i thought i had trimmed all of the vines away and then i kept on getting vines growing down in front of me and did you know that vines can grow under maps?
0: Oh, can they? Oh, that's interesting. No, I did not know that.
1: Yeah, because I like using vines in drops, like in, in, in a situation where uh, it, it, um, it slows you down and it's not a water drop. I don't like the look of them now that I know that I can potentially hide them with maps that's, if they that's still cool. catch me. I don't yeah. know if they still catch you. I imagine they do
0: oh i presume Uh, they do yeah because it's just an item frame like a map doesn't have any kind of hitbox so it's not like you'd fall on it and die exactly Um, exactly
1: it's why i don't use ladders because ladders are more attractive than vines in that kind of technical build but of course you can potentially hit a ladder and that's bad news
0: yeah, that, that opens up a few opportunities though. I, I can see it being a very specific use case, but yeah, like being able to hide vines that way is actually a pretty mm. cool idea.
1: And I don't know if that's new because that they tweaked that in, I think was it 114, where you could then, you could currently climb up vines if they don't have anything behind them.
0: Yeah, I can, I can kind of do that. I've been doing that because uh, I've been clearing out a swamp area this week and yeah, mm-hmm. have, having needing to get back up onto trees so that I can take them down. Typically, I just climb up the vines on swamp trees and take down the the core, basically take down the, the, the logs from inside. And I've been just jumping at vines and being able to climb up them that way. So it does yeah. seem to still work that way.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyway, I just, it kind of an interesting idea. I might try to play with that in the future. I'm not sure what it might be useful for, but it, it could be, uh, I think it could be kind of cool for, you know, those builds or those farms where you want to have something on the wall that will keep entities from cramming. Um, yeah. But then you don't want to vine in the middle of your really classy, you know, white looking redstone build. Mm-hmm. Uh, having those uh, those white panels or black panels that you can make with maps would be very, very cool.
0: You could even use it in terms of map art if you had the the time and the patience to do it. You could add in a custom sort of block looking texture almost that looked like some kind of flowering plant that could take place at the top of each of the vines so you could instead of hiding it you could have a vine kind of trail down from it and use it for aesthetic oh, stuff oh very cool yeah yeah, yeah so you if, could if, totally, you, if you had like yeah. say a wall of stone brick you just copy the stone brick texture add a flower on to, onto it on the on the map and then mm. yeah, have vines trailing down from that that that, that could work pretty well although oh, you, i guess you could I don't do that with this kind
1: of time johnny don't give me these kind of ideas
0: <laughs> to, to be fair you could do that without hiding the vine vines behind it in the first place but to have the vines actually be there and organic and actually part of it is kind of neat yeah
1: yeah yeah well, uh, so in the swamp what have you been doing in the swamp
0: it's a witch farm i'm building my first ever witch farm and uh yeah the, the, it's it's really weird the amount of stuff that i've been doing in survival guide as a tutorial but it's still like the first ever time that i've done it so part of it's <laughs> it, fun it, though i kind of feel like a fraudulent tutorial maker considering that i should at least have tried it once before i actually explain <laughs> to other people how to do it but you know there's, you're learning there's so, together you're there's learning so much together. stuff to do in this game that's the problem like i can't have done everything otherwise it would take me forever but still my first witch farm and yeah it's it's a very convenient place to have a witch farm depending on who you ask because it's right on the edge of an ocean and the the ocean kind of borders a swamp biome and the witch hut is like halfway out to the ocean it's basically in the last blocks that can be in the swamp uh, biome before it turns into like a lukewarm ocean. And so uh, there's a relatively small amount of terrain around there that I needed to remove. Of course, the problem then is that drowned count as part of the mob cap now. Previously on versions before 1.13, that would be an ideal location for a witch hut. But now drowned count towards the hostile mob cap, it's a little bit more difficult. So a few more obstacles to overcome there. But yeah, just taking down all the swamp terrain, uh, taking care of all the trees and a a couple of minor pockets of a mountain biome that's nearby needed taking down as well but realistically it's going to be a very productive farm once i get it all going and yeah i've looked into the shifting floor designs uh found a very useful uh yeah shifting floor design as part of one of ill mango's old tutorials and i'm probably going to put that together later today but the first episode of that went out today which is just how to pick the location of a witch hut and kind of figure out exactly where you want to build one of these things Um, Aside from that, uh, after complaining about fossils being really hard to find last week, I found a fossil. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Although although it it was actually a case of going out and hunting for it, but uh, since then I have been inundated with people who either didn't know fossils were a thing or found theirs completely by accident and thought it was really easy to find them but if you are going out with the intent to find a fossil it is still quite difficult luckily i was able to find it on a stream we just went exploring in a desert i found an abandoned mine shaft it opened out into a ravine in the middle of this ravine above a massive lake of lava was a fossil and so i've turned that into an archaeological dig site kind of set up in my in my world now which i want to do more with i want to go back and build like more of an encampment around there and actually make it look like there's an expedition instead of just one lone person who's put together all of this machinery and furniture but yeah i think cool. it's uh, it's turning into quite an interesting project and i'm just happy that i found one because people have asked me about them for ages and i've just gone well i don't know where like i i could be start an episode and say right we're going out to find a fossil today and then just play all day and still not find one uh, yeah. which is kind of it's one of the few things that in Minecraft you don't you you don't have a guaranteed way of running into it really so I I just sort of maximized the chance that I would find one and and got lucky from there so when you find a fossil are they
1: different or, or is it the same fossil design whenever someone finds one
0: there are a few variants it is usually a rib rib cage and or a head type kind of skull structure but there if you look on the minecraft wiki there are actually i think four or five different variants of each and Hmm. some people have put them together and it sort of looks like the head of a dragon if you kind of piece the skull sections together it sort of looks like it has a snout to it but uh yeah like you'll find them being different sizes different lengths that kind of stuff. Um, oh, but for, cool. the, yeah, for the most part, I, I think the the implication is that, you know, there's those unused giants uh, that you can spawn in using commands, but they're not actually in the game at all. It's just like a giant zombie with no AI. Um, no, the, the, I've never,
1: I did, that's a thing? What's that? Okay.
0: Yeah, we, we wanted. I wanted to do an episode at some point about unused mobs, because we can mention the illusioner, we can mention the giants. Uh, basically, if you go into creative mode and you can spawn a giant, it's basically like a, a 40 foot tall zombie. Um, so, so that's fun. Give that a try at home. Um, but but then the I think the implication behind fossils is that they are meant to be the remains of these giants which are no longer around and just kind of like a nod to the fact that they were in the game's code but never fully implemented. I think the early idea was that they were going to be some sort of boss battle but there was just no realistic way for them to spawn in a way that would make it sense for a player. And and plus like having effectively a, it's just a zombie that's scaled up so like the hitbox of the thing is not really going to make sense. It's not gonna really going to be able to attack you the way a normal zombie could and yeah they they were just a big mess i can see why they're not in the game but uh yeah it's a cool concept though like i mean the
1: idea of of a boss like that you could summon similar to like the wither you know like maybe not something mm -hmm. that spawns but something that you could actually you know, put a zombie head on top of some blocks or something and then create this thing to then attack. And I mean, I'm not sure what the drop would be. It wouldn't be, I mean, probably just rotten flesh, just it explodes and just rotten flesh comes down (laughs) like the end of Ghostbusters, right? But yeah, um, I've,
0: I've seen them used in very fun ways on multiplayer servers, particularly in the Hypixel server, which of course, you know, has quite a creative application of a lot of building stuff to begin with. Uh, at the, at the in the lobby of one of their mini games they had a giant that was basically like from the shoulders up was all you could see and they'd built um iron trap doors in front of it so it looked like it had one of those jason style hockey masks on and and was kind of like being restrained in this thing and and that was just like a decorative thing in the lobby but since they have no real ai there's not really a great deal you can do with them and no. yeah that that was that was it but that was the only time I'd actually seen a giant kind of in person and see Seen it kind of do stuff, and the arms just kind of like loosely waving in front of it, the way zombies' arms do when they're idle. Yeah, hmm. it's it's fun. But yeah, give 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 those a look next time you fire up your creative world, and uh, and then you know shake your head at them and go away again, probably.
1: That'd be a fun build project, right? Like, I mean, just t- taking some inspiration from the fact that there used to be you know giants in the game, and then building your own version. It wouldn't be movable, like just like a static. Kind of like as if the thing was in the world, you know, give it some knees and maybe yeah. make, get, change the design a little bit to have it be like, you know, quote unquote, Minecrafty, but but maybe not a zombie. Maybe it's its own thing.
0: In a, in a kind you of know. Shadow of the Colossus way where you've just got yeah, these giant yeah, yeah. kind of earthworks moving around. Yeah. Well,
1: given, given that they have like um, so many cool classic kind of monsters, I mean, I feel like a Cyclops would be an excellent giant.
0: Yeah, yeah. You could, I always... You could...
1: Pull on the I mythology always, for that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. I always like those mobs in in World of Warcraft. Uh, ogres, I think, are technically what they're called, and they're just they're about twice the height of a player, mm-hmm. and so they're really satisfying to fight because when they fall over uh, after you've killed them, they shake the ground. Like when they yeah. fall over and hit, they kind of like boof, and then everything kind of rumbles, and yeah. that would be, that would be a fun mob. That's we don't really have. I guess the Wither is pretty big. What else is big in Minecraft? I mean, the dragon's big, but I mean, in terms of like a big heavy mob, I guess the, it's a friendly mob for most most part, is that the iron golem, but something um, like an, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like an aggressive mob a hostile mob that would be the size of an iron golem or maybe a little bit bigger would be cool. It yeah. would add a really, dy- it would add a cool dynamic to the game, something that would be really strong, but maybe also really slow.
0: And, I still and, I still like the idea of implementing those redstone monstrosities from Minecraft dungeons in the cool oh, yeah game somewhere Just having something yeah, like that yeah. and have it really make a thud noise when you take it down I like I like yeah. that idea
1: I like the idea of just elementals you know like redstone you know uh iron uh wood you know like if you're in a dark forest and there's a, there's a there's a wood golem that comes yeah. after you that would be mm-hmm.
0: kind of cool too Anyway, enough talk about stuff that isn't in the game. Let's talk about stuff that is because we have <laughs> uh, we have three pre-releases. Count them: one, two, three. We have uh, pre-releases for Minecraft one point fourteen point four. Um, the third of which just came out today, so we can pretty much be guaranteed that we're not going to get our usual spawn chunks luck and have a full release by the end of the podcast. <laughs> but, <laughs> knock uh, you you never know, yeah, they could they could pull one over on us. Uh, but uh, let's let's kick off with one fourteen point four pre one. Um, we have a few changes in here which are worth noting for a start. Suspicious stew made from poppies now gives night vision instead of speed. And I can't remember if another one gives speed because there's a couple of those effects that double up. but I think, it doesn't give, I don't think there's anything else that gives you speed, which is kind of strange. And I wonder if existing suspicious stew that I, I've actually made a whole bunch of it already uh, would revert to giving you night vision or if it would still give you speed. And I wonder why they've changed that. I wonder if it's something to do with PVP, maybe. Not yeah, certain. maybe. But yeah. Um, I mean, I,
1: I was, when I saw that, I was like, okay, sure. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I mean... It gives, it,
1: it gives you it gives you night vision for like a second and a yeah, half maybe or yeah. something.
0: Which might be a little bit more useful in a short burst of speed in the grand scheme of things, but I don't know, we'll yeah. see. Uh, there's a few other performance optimizations and there's a command, the slash debug report for players to include more details in their bug reports, which is very useful considering the amount of bugs we're having to report these days. Speaking of those, we have a few bugs worth mentioning from this fix. Uh, we have MC146289, uh, I won't read all of the numbers for these uh farmers villagers not stopping to pick up their crops has been fixed so yeah hopefully uh farmers will be able to do their thing like normal uh we have a fix for end city and end ship generation getting cut off at chunk borders so hopefully no more cities which have like a wall completely sheared off them uh here's one that applies to you i think joel java using 100 to 200 percent cpu <laughs> that's probably something you want to get fixed. yeah right? I d- probably I don't something think- you want to get fixed I don't think you've got 200% of a CPU. I don't think you've got 200% of anything, really.
1: I don't know. It's it's the kind of thing that I don't know if this is tied to the graphical problem that I was having before, because it's a different bug number. Yeah. But anything like this that's a problem on a Mac OS, is going to be a good fix, because... As I've mentioned before, there's a number of things that I can do in Minecraft that will make my computer um, spin up uh, since the 1.14 has dropped, which it should not do it, should, it like my computer should handle Minecraft, no problem. Yeah, uh, I'm yeah. also very curious to see how this affects streaming. Uh, I've not had any problems and those that I've had previously in the fall uh, were tied to Twitch on yeah. uh, on that end. but. Really, uh, I know that OBS is not optimized and uses a lot of my CPU. So if Minecraft is going to use less, then I'm a happy camper.
0: Yes, for sure. Um, there's a couple of small bugs related to closing menus and uh, screens moving around, that kind of thing. Um, yes! Yeah, that's that's a, that's a thing you've encountered as well. No. Um, and uh, one more here, villagers picking up workstations through walls. So yeah, hopefully that... I don't know if that means like a solid wall of blocks or if that is like wall... Uh, blocks themselves, like a, a prismarine oh, yeah, wall, or actual a, wall. Hmm. Or, a, or a cobblestone wall, or something like that. I don't, I don't know, because that that's the problem with some of these uh, bug reports. Is that, of course, they've been submitted by players, and so language that you might use to describe a block in the game could also just be used to describe a general concept like a wall of blocks so i'm not entirely certain but hopefully that shouldn't really make a difference villagers shouldn't be able to pick workstations up through a solid wall of anything anyway so Mm -hmm. hopefully that's going to help a few people's trading halls be a little bit more sensible uh if i'm
1: understanding it correctly they have to be able to path to it so even glass will cut them off
0: yeah that's that's the hope at least i i hope that it that is how it works because um it it makes things a lot more sensible when you're setting these things up i Mm -hmm. know for a fact that my trading hall has had issues with that in previous releases where villagers will basically assign themselves workstations that are across the room from the one that's right in front of them and that can get very frustrating so hopefully they've got that locked down and it's just the most sensible workstation for them to pathfind to um should we move on to 14.4 pre 2 do you want to handle sure yeah i
1: can tackle this one uh in pre two we have villagers now stock more items that means they have more to trade before that uh trade will lock up that's uh, that's gonna
0: be so good because and the
1: footage that i saw it's about double it seems to be about twice the amount so if you previously would trade you know one emerald for six bread and you got 32 bread you will now get 64 bread however yeah. uh these villagers have to be generated in 114.4 right uh, they yeah. don't it doesn't appear to to apply to existing villagers i would imagine it's because they need a fresh trade. like it's yeah. they can't be uh, yeah. They can't be uh, old, old villagers.
0: The, th- the thing that villagers tend to do is just keep whatever they had in previous updates. Even going to, as far back as like, you know, the yeah. when, when villagers got another overhaul to begin with and all of the professions got split out further, your legacy villagers from like 1.5 would still keep their old trades. I remember people trading for Eyes of Ender with legacy villagers when that trade got changed to just being ender pearls because you could skip progression with it but people were keeping their old villagers around simply because they still had old trades and that right. has not changed from version to version that doesn't get overwritten so yeah kind of um kind of useful to to know that the new villagers have to be refreshed and have to be brand new villagers for them to to stock yeah. extra items more farmers is what we need because <laughs> yeah trading like eight pumpkins at a time was kind of painful
1: villagers will now remember their gossip after becoming a zombie villager uh which is i guess good news i'm I'm noticing as they've made made more changes to villagers and trading you can really game the system it is not very difficult to get your trades down to like one emerald for just Mm -hmm. about anything that you want i don't necessarily know if that's a good thing it feels pretty easy now granted i'm a fairly technical player and it's more of an end game thing than it is something you're going to be able to do right away but uh it does uh it does feel like they've made it very very easy to get the trades that you want for cheaper than we even had before previously you had to kind of do the whole like infinite breed kill the ones you don't want not the kind of gameplay that maybe moyang wanted people to partake in uh, but now it's like, okay, well, you only have to breed a few villagers until you get the ones that you want and, and you can control their professions. So that makes uh, the the whole culling the villager herd less of a thing. But now, in addition to that being easier, you can also, instead of having to pay 10 or 20 uh, emeralds for your mending book, you could potentially and very easily get it down to one uh, with just, you know, a, a little bit of research. And it's good, I guess. I just, I'm wondering if people are going to be complaining shortly that it's a little bit too easy. Um, so we'll have to keep an eye on that. Uh, some bugs worth mentioning in pre two are that entities, cough, cough, villagers, cause massive lag when attempting to pathfind. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Notice lots of pathfinding changes for villagers in the last little while. Uh, and hey, speaking of, villagers are not pathfinding towards their POI or point of interest. Uh, the POI detection range was too small. That's been increased to 48 blocks. Right. I so don't know beds, whether that's gonna be stations, good. that kind of stuff.
0: Yeah. Yeah, but
1: I don't know if that's gonna be a good thing. I feel like I want that range to be smaller. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've got a funny feeling that uh people that have a large number of villagers and a large, large number of POI or workstations in a close vicinity, like a trading hall or any kind of organized way to try and get what you want from villagers, I feel like you're gonna constantly have this battle of villagers g- detecting the wrong the wrong uh uh uh, point of interest yeah i don't know how it's going to be able to be controlled as long as Uh, they can
0: be consistent with which one that they choose as theirs and that stays i think that's been a problem mm -hmm. that may have been fixed in a previous release i'm not certain but i I think it is a little bit more consistent i think that was also linked to the issue where uh, Villager GUI was opening and closing really fast. Was because they, it was a problem with them not being able to pathfind to their workstation. And if you uh... blocked them off from any other workstations and replaced the one in front of them, that's what you could use to recover it. So I'm, I'm hoping that ultimately the, the end game for this, if not what they've already done, is to fix it so that they get one workstation and they're like, okay, that's my workstation for now until it gets broken. And then, you know, they, they don't reset that every day when they go to sleep and wake up again. And they don't reset it when you unload chunks and then return to the village and that kind of stuff. They, they can kind of be more persistent with that and mm-hmm. if that's the case then the POI detection range being larger is fine because ultimately what that means is if they wander too far away from a village they'll still be able to find their way back to their chosen bed or their chosen workstation because when, right. they, when they get meeting times they do tend to wander off in pairs occasionally and then they they end up outside of the village range and then that's when you get a problem
1: yeah, and one of the things that I've I noticed, again, uh, we brought this up last week, but I, I do tend to watch uh, Cubfan and Exumavoid when new uh, snapshot stuff comes out. And uh, Cubfan noticed that the villager will not wander farther than 48 blocks away from uh, the, the point of interest. So in their wandering phase, not only do they have a detection range for the point of interest, but they also have a limit on their wander yeah. so that they don't leave the range of the village. And I would imagine the village... I'm not sure even sure how village radiuses are now calculated because it used to be just a given number based on the center of the houses. But now I'm wondering if there's if, if each instead of like a single box, I'm wondering if there's like a radius for each workstation. And then that kind of would look like a, a bunch of circles in, 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 a, in a pattern would, would sort of indicate, well, that's the village, right?
0: Yeah, I I think the the, the concept of a village being a fixed location has kind of changed a lot in one fourteen. So yeah, yeah, it it, it doesn't really quite work the same way anymore.
1: Does that, you have a mod that you use to uh, display the boundaries of things like uh, uh, nether fortresses and things that you did for your tutorials. Does that work for villages? Like, can you use that mod to detect the range of the, the, the outside bounding boxes of villages?
0: I don't believe so i don't think it would work with the current system anyway but i don't think it would work with the old system either because a village is not a location that is necessarily predefined by the game obviously structures will generate there but what makes it a village in previous versions was the amount of doors and the radius in which those doors were spread so i don't think it updates a hitbox based on that i don't think that's necessarily what it counts as village that's just a convenient way of thinking about it for players Uh, I think, I think in terms of like the hitbox of a structure that really doesn't apply and it applies even less now because we have beds and workstations and just the villages themselves effectively counting as the requirements for a village. Yeah. And
1: the the whole jigsaw block thing and how they're constructed. And it'd be really interesting to see a data pack uh, that could be made for indicating the bounding boxes of these structures in the, in the new way that they're being made uh, that would be an interesting tool. I would imagine probably more for map makers and stuff, but it would be fun as a technical player to kind of dig in there and see what's up.
0: Yeah, um, we got one more pre-release that just happened today, pre-3, uh, which has one bug fix in it that says chunk loading was creating unrecoverable lag, uh, which is a good thing that that's fixed. And anecdotally, I noticed a couple of people saying that chunk loading in the pre two pre release for one fourteen point four was really good, and I loaded up my world. I think it was uh, Q Magnet who made the diversity series of of maps, um, pointed this out, and I went and loaded up one fourteen point four pre two, and it was actually great. Like I-, I thought I was using OptiFine, just the speed at which stuff was loading, and in the new pre release that has basically be- been the same. Uh, I didn't notice any of the lag. I was just like flying around a test world. Uh, to give it a a quick go but on the test world it was keeping up with elytra flight while generating new chunks which was actually really good Uh, considering that the problem with elytra in previous versions where the, the chunk loading hasn't been as good is that you fly out basically into the void and it isn't loading the chunks below you so that created problems with like elytra flight being able to conserve momentum but also created issues where you didn't know what you were flying into in the slightest and uh, yeah in in pre-generated chunks it was even loading chunks in front of me with the fastest flight speed of spectator mode which is without you know applying crazy potions or anything like that I think is basically the fastest that you can fly Um, so I think chunk loading in that version as long as that holds for 1144 you know, full release, is probably going to be the best we've seen it for a while, uh, which is promising. And I just hope that means better performance on servers. That's my main, mm-hmm. my remaining in 1.14 is that servers are kind of suffering from unbearable lag when you have more than just a couple of people online, even with some pretty hefty hardware now. So yeah, here's hoping that hopefully, you know, with optimizations like that being made, they are closer to dialing in server performance for this version let's let's hope <laughs> fingers crossed
1: yeah i mean overall i mean they all sound like good bug fixes i yeah. was disappointed that they didn't address the the screen tearing issue uh, yeah. i'm wondering if that mac optimization might help in that regard but again i'm just i'm i really feel at this point uh, i'm in a hard spot i really want the 14.4 to come out so that i can update and potentially solve some of the issues that keep me from playing the game however I'm now at this point where I've been so burned by by pre-releases and by by these latest versions of 14 uh, that mm, I really I might have to just be patient and try to wait it out and see if there's any reports about uh, bad things happening, bugs that are not listed here, new bugs that we that we see in 1.14.4 when it does actually hit. Uh, yeah. Because uh, I'm I'm getting a little impatient with the the rigmarole of like updating the server, hoping everything's fixed, having some of the things that you want fixed, fixed, and then realizing, oh crap, this is broken now. Yeah, there's some other bugs. Yeah. yeah. I've seen some
0: folks in the discord saying similar that they didn't update to one fourteen point three because of the trading UI bug and the changes to iron farms. It's like, we just Mm -hmm. want our stuff to run the way it's running right now for a little bit longer before we make a leap and hopefully leap forward to something that's a little bit more put together.
1: And I want to be clear. I don't mind changes in the game in the yeah. game play if you're going to change the game you're going to change the game and i'm going to try and roll with it and ha- half of the fun that i have is is adjusting my my yeah, um, my builds in my game to part of the fun to, you to the new version yeah exactly but i want the game to function <laughs> like if i can't play it it becomes a problem yeah yeah uh, so that's that's usually where, where things go uh but speaking of not playing actually we have an email uh and it leads right into our main discussion this week and if you are cool with it i will jump right in and read the email from yuzu
0: go for it looking forward to this discussion.
1: Yes, this comes in, I think it was just the other day, and uh, Yuzu says, Hey guys, I found this podcast a few months ago and I just joined a new Minecraft server. The members of the server were primarily from a Discord group I was involved in. For the first few weeks, there were plenty of people playing on the server and it seemed to be active and healthy. Fast forward to now and almost all of the members have stopped playing. I am by far the most active player, despite only playing a couple hours per night at most. You play a lot more than I do. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) If you were in this kind of situation where you have been seeking a multiplayer experience, but all the other players have left, would you give that as grounds to leave the server and move elsewhere? If you had felt that you had spent a significant amount of time on the server, would you ask for a world download to continue elsewhere? I'd really appreciate your thoughts on this topic. Love the show, thanks, Yuzu. Uh, thank you for an awesome question and yes, uh, this is, a really this is unique, su- a unique question we haven't talked about before, and something I know a lot of people talk about. Like this is a this is a known thing that yeah. happens across multiple uh, servers. Now, you, I'm going to throw it to you first because you run a a multiplayer server for your Patreon. And I'm wondering if you had any of these kind of issues crop up on that, like something that you have direct administration control over.
0: Yeah, I mean, it happens a lot with smaller server communities. Activity tends to die down a few months after a full release comes out, when things have kind of plateaued, everyone's had a chance to explore all of the mechanics. And sometimes people just get busy, sometimes they just get burnt out on playing Minecraft in general. And burnout is something that I think we've touched on briefly in the past um in the case of this update in particular i think sometimes people are also getting frustrated like you with the performance issues and well when when the honeymoon period is over for 1.14 the tipping point arrives when the features are no longer worth the hassle of playing on a server that is kind of laggy especially as players build more stuff up um so yeah there, there are there are you know seasons to this kind of thing like it comes in it comes in waves it's like the tide sometimes there's a ton of people online at once and sometimes people sort of back off and and wait and see where things are gonna gonna end up and yeah it it, it happens i think part of the problem with the overall appearance of minecraft servers is that the main examples we have of stuff like this are content creator servers where effectively It is the player's job to stay on the server and continue making videos. And so everybody gets the impression that a healthy Minecraft server is one where everybody is playing around the clock, basically. Folks like Hermitcraft, for example. When nobody who has you know a a semblance of a normal life in in giant quotes here because this is my normal life as well now um (laughs) yeah no no, nobody typically dedicates that amount of time to minecraft i mean a couple of hours a night as as yuzu was saying is fairly standard i would say for some people but for some people that's also a huge time commitment you're talking about like a parent maybe who is looking after their kids but is also really excited about the latest minecraft release they might be playing a couple of hours a night at first but then after a while it becomes more and more likely that they can't justify spending that amount of time versus, you know, taking care of their family and so forth. And yeah, as, as for whether this constitutes like a reason to leave the server and move elsewhere, it's not something I've had a significant amount of people like drop out of my Patreon supporters because they're like, the server isn't really active anymore, I'm not feeling it. That has happened in the past, um, and I, it's something that I respect. And I think it's something that if you are there... To have a multiplayer experience in the first place. If, like, the whole reason you've joined this server is for it to be with other people, then yeah, it might be time to move on. I think if you've had a good time playing with the group, at least keep in touch with them. You know, you said you were in a Discord before that, don't necessarily, like, cut all ties with them because there's no reason you can't technically be part of multiple server groups and if you liked playing with the people that you were playing with on this server maybe when 1.15 comes around or when 1.14 stabilizes a little bit more everybody's going to jump back in minecraft's going through a bit of a renaissance right now there's peaks in its popularity happening all over the place so more people might be encouraged to hop back in when they've got time but right now maybe they don't have time for some reason so I wouldn't say like move on a hundred percent. If you if you want to ask the admin for a world download and continue some of your projects, then fair enough. But I don't know if you really need to make it as cut and dry as like I'm leaving, goodbye, I will never see you again kind of thing. Like you can you can play it a little bit more easy than that, from my perspective at least. How about you, Joel? I think the bottom line
1: is that you want the time that you put into the game to be fun. Yeah, and it doesn't i don't know if it's if it's not fun anymore but it certainly sounds frustrating yuzu sounds frustrated as opposed Mm -hmm. to maybe not having fun uh but you know if there's another active multiplayer server that has a better track record like you know lesson learned before you uh, if you want to have the multiplayer experience and you want to leave this server and join a new one maybe do a little bit of digging and see like how long has this been up how consistent do people play are there any peaks and valleys uh, in terms of player engagement, then you can look at that and maybe think about that before you um, before you decide to join a new one. Uh, I can also appreciate the amount of time that you have put into and probably you know done a lot of really cool projects on this particular server. And since you're the only one playing, uh, to take your your email at face value, it's gonna feel an awful lot like your world. It's gonna feel an awful lot like your uh, your Uh, builds and stuff like that in your server even though it's not it's not technically so i think if you decided that you didn't want to do multiplayer anymore you wanted to play single player and continue to have fun building in this particular uh, world and not have to deal with the potential server lag and performance issues then i think asking for a copy to use for your own purposes in a single player environment are perfectly acceptable yeah a little bit stickier if you wanted to ask for a copy of the world to then do another multiplayer experience like if you wanted to take a copy do your own server this is just an example and invite other people that you think would play more to then play on that world just so that you don't use your lose your progress then that's something that might take a little bit more convincing with yeah. the people that run the server. However, I mean it's just a game. It's just a Minecraft server. It's not like it's not like you're going to be making money. <laughs> you know, it's not like yeah. you're taking this content and selling it. You're just you're just going to go play with people that want to play as the people right now that don't seem to want to play. Yeah, and there not- may be some cool appeal there where if you do manage to get a copy of the world and you are have talked about it with the community and they're cool with you doing a multiplayer experience with it and going forward with that, then that world has already got the backbone. Like you're yeah, you're not inviting people to come in and play it at ground zero, which I mean for me personally, I wouldn't be interested. Like if I if someone says, hey, I have a brand new empty world, you want to come in and join it, I'd be just like, I I don't have the time. I don't have the time to start at ground zero. I want I would be considered, you know, I consider joining something that would be, you know, end game already and that there's a lot of resources available and I can jump in and just start to build with whatever I want. Like that could be fun. Um, but it's it's uh, it's a it's an interesting kind of conundrum, and I feel like uh, I have experienced kind of like fifty percent of this with the citadel. I am by far the person that plays the most on the server, followed closely by a couple of friends. There's probably about ten people whitelisted on the citadel, but I want to say three to four of us play consistently.
0: Yeah,
1: uh, and every people do come back. Like I've seen people pop in from time to time, uh, that sort of thing um and it all depends on their on their schedules and like you said you know that they've a couple of people are parents they've got families uh that sort of thing and so i never have any kind of uh false expectations of it being a very popular multiplayer server mm-hmm. i wanted to be able to play with friends when we wanted to play with friends but for the most part i'm quite content with uh doing it on my own i do very much feel now granted i'm the admin so technically i guess it's my server but i I do sort of feel in a lot of ways that portions of it are very much mine, you know, in that weird kind of ownership way that you feel about builds in Minecraft. Yeah. Um, But playing on a multiplayer server gives me more to do. You Mm -hmm. know, we can build shops, we can build farms that are community, we can joint build, you know, we, you know, someone wants to do a path and somebody else is good at paths and somebody else is really good at, you know, technical stuff. And so you can kind of Play off one another's strengths and and make excuses to play together. So I like having that aspect. It doesn't happen very often, but if I was on a single player world, I would not have that option. And, yeah, and I, and I think that that would be less fun for for me.
0: Yeah, and if effectively you can play single player on a multiplayer server, like it's it's single player with the option of having people join you. You can you can try and like you know gate yourself off from everybody else unless you want them to come and interact with you, but. Yeah, it ultimately just depends, like, like Joel says, how much fun you're getting out of it. And if you think you have another server lined up that could be more fun, I see no reason why you shouldn't move on if that's just what makes you happy. I don't mm-hmm. think you're going to really burn any bridges with anybody if you're just like, you know what, I feel like playing Minecraft with people who are more into playing it regularly so I'm just going to go over here and do my thing. I don't think that should be a problem for you, but uh, yeah, hopefully not. Anyway, um, this has been a great topic to tie into our discussion for this week, uh, which is going to be about kind of the, the summer attitude to Minecraft, I guess, because we are headed for summer. The weather, at least in the northern hemisphere, is getting warmer. Everyone is spending a little bit more time outside, and so maybe people are inside less and playing games less. And you picked out the email and you kind of decided we should spin it out into this topic. So what, what have you got to add to that? Well, I, I do notice
1: that there's a bit of the summer lulls happening and that's l-u-l-l not l-o-l for people that are used to <laughs> internet speak uh, but uh and i i it's i'm glad you brought up the hemisphere thing i mistakenly was thinking about this very much from the northern hemisphere attitude as opposed to uh, all the people in australia that are spending a lot more time inside right now because it's mm-hmm. cold uh for them anyway cold for them is about normal for us in canada uh <laughs> yeah. but but uh yeah i mean i think it's one of these weird things that i'm i'm still struggling especially as a new content creator relatively speaking as far as like the life of Minecraft and how long people have been doing this kind of stuff. Uh, People in the summertime are inside less. They're generally playing games less unless it's very rainy uh, or they're traveling entirely and just don't have access to games or platforms where they can even watch things like Let's Plays. You know, if you don't have a good mobile uh, plan and you're traveling with your family, then, you know, watching stuff on your phone is not going to be ideal. Um, Ironically, though, I also know that uh, as far as the you know, wider audience of Minecraft audience being young, summer holiday and Christmas holiday are also peak times for things like uh, viewing uh, videos on, on YouTube. Now, Pixlrves, you can correct me if I'm, I'm, I'm off on that
0: no i'm pretty sure that's accurate definitely like christmas is always the time when everyone ups their game and i think the summer holidays are a bit more of a marathon than the sprint christmas tends to be but i think yeah you you, t- you tend to get a lot more people actively viewing stuff because they've got a lot more free time you've got kids who are yeah off school and they've got minimal amounts of homework to do over the summer holiday and they can just relax and do their thing but typically with younger kids especially they're not part of a minecraft server so i think it still kind of applies that you know the the adults or the kind of the 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 folks who are a little bit older and want to spend their summer doing stuff and traveling and that kind of stuff are going to be less active on servers and then kids who are more likely to play maybe on public multiplayer servers like i've noticed the the folks on hypixel say that perhaps just because of the increase in minecraft's popularity lately but they've been seeing record numbers of people playing their games now so I expect that like mini game servers and stuff like that are really going to pick up and then survival multiplayer server stuff like that might be dipping a little bit if especially if they've got like a slightly older crowd.
1: Mm, mm, That's true. Uh, So one of the things that I wanted to kind of pose to our audience is something to think about is what can Minecraft players do in server communities to keep engagement higher in the summer months? Uh, Or is it better to have and accepted the truth that summer and the server will just be slower and just rather than putting any additional pressure on people, just be like, look, there's just there's no no worries. It's it's going to be slower. Don't expect to be uh, as busy as we have been in, in the wintertime when when the weather is nicer. Um, I know that we do have some content creators in our audience, and I'm curious with them specifically what changes they might make to their content in summertime. Uh, to better accommodate the push and pull of less time inside but then higher consumption rates and stuff like that Uh, i mean obviously uh, you're another uh one of those creators johnny like what do you do anything differently do you release videos more frequently do you keep them shorter like what do you do anything differently in summer
0: I mean, as somebody who's only really been doing YouTube quote-unquote professionally for about a year now, I haven't really experienced that kind of cycle and made any significant changes. I mean, Christmas Mm. was the time I decided, right, I'm going to try and pump out Survival Guide episodes five days a week because I know people will be watching. And since then, I've been able to keep that routine up. And as for summer, personally, I'm looking forward to spending a little bit more time just, you know, relaxing and having fun. Um, But I don't think I'm going to cut that back down to three days a week or anything like that. I kind of want to keep my content rolling as it is. Um, As far as activities on servers go, it's not something I've participated in myself, but um, somebody who's actually going to be our guest hopefully next week, if all of that uh, lines up, um, The Hot Dish, who's a streamer I've been watching. Uh, is part of a server called the 8-Bit Community Server, and they tend to do stuff like build contests quite regularly, and they tend to do events and things like that. They decorated their whole server for Pride Month with kind of like rainbow banners everywhere and stuff. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's super fun. And like... That kind of stuff can help to give people a little bit more focus if their interest in Minecraft is waning slightly, and it can be like a fun activity to engage a community. If you have a community server that's kind of on board with that stuff, if people are playing Minecraft just to hang out rather than, you know, going towards any specific purpose or trying to emulate a server like Hermitcraft where the goal is to build big and have kind of crazy farms and that kind of stuff. If they're just there to kind of chill out and hang out and and build fun stuff, then that can be a good thing it i think it's probably something that could be tailored a little bit more towards each server's requirements but they spend a lot of time you know interacting with the community on their server and it's it's fun to see little stuff like that popping up so if you can decorate your server for a holiday or for summer if you can have more kind of beachy stuff around or the, there's a thing we used to do on the decidedly vanilla server where we would make the daylight cycle longer using command blocks and instead of um instead of having uh, the usual day night cycle we would pause the sun when it came up and then have it like artificially move game ticks along using a command block on a redstone clock and so we could set it so that daylight was more like 20 or 40 minutes and then once it reached the other horizon a daylight sensor would switch it off and then nighttime would be the normal length so in a way you could almost emulate seasons and also give people more access to daylight meaning they can do more stuff outside without hostile mobs being around that kind of stuff obviously like check with your server base that they're okay with doing that but as a group of builders on dv we were quite happy having a longer day night cycle and that could be a way of sort of adjusting your server to summer as like a mindset more than anything else but I, as far as like activities and stuff going to keep engagement going i think it's again it's it's almost like a an accepted truth like you said that, that summer might be a little bit of a slower period if people are spending time with their family if they've got kids home from school that they need to hang out with and take care of and everything so yeah there there are different approaches i suppose
1: when we were talking about the email, you had mentioned burnout, and uh I've noticed a number of content creators that I follow adopting the schedule of I'm putting videos out when they're ready approach yep. as opposed to sticking to any previous schedule. I think in some ways that has to do with the fact that a lot of multiplayer servers, especially those that are putting out uh or populated by content creators, are in a long haul, like they started fresh servers with one thirteen, but many did not reset with 1.14. Uh, and so this particular, you know, session of play has gone on for months and months and months and months, almost a year, as a matter of fact. Uh, and so I feel like some of the creators are getting a little bit of burnout, but I don't think it's necessarily a coincidence, uh, as it definitely serves better in summer to rather than committing to monday thursday or three days a week or five days a week or whatever it is that you do that you're saying i'm just gonna up my video quality and put out better videos but less frequently Mm -hmm. which means that i don't have to grind as much i don't have to try to accomplish as much in game i just have to do one really cool thing as opposed to four really cool things this week yeah Uh, it it also means
0: a a little bit more time without like having to close the windows and put on hot and heavy headphones and mm-hmm. and that kind of stuff. Because yeah, like working in a warm environment, especially in the UK where we don't have air conditioning installed as standard, we're just not used to it. Uh, having hot environments to record in is miserable. And so yeah, like ha- having, to, having to deal with that kind of stuff on a daily basis, it, it grinds you down a little bit and, and makes you feel fatigued. So I think a lot of people's approach to content creation during summer tends to be like let me take care of myself a little bit more and and not have to force myself into a recording routine where i'm putting out content constantly because you know that allows me to spend a little bit more time with the windows open and even if i'm playing and making progress in the game i'm not recording stuff because that involves like an acoustically dead environment and that's not something i can do and have cool airflow
1: yeah yeah and it becomes not fun right then it becomes a grind and it becomes becomes work i think too that there is something to be said for uh what you mentioned there about taking better care of yourself i mean like we all spend a little bit too much time in front of screens i mean Mm -hmm. the audience of this podcast in particular i'd say is probably people that you may have a balance yourself i don't want to blanket everybody but i would say a a number of us could probably use to spend like an extra hour reading a book on a porch as opposed to looking at your phone or something like that, and. I think that it's interesting to see this trend kind of pushing forward of putting videos out when they're ready. I'm noticing it and I'm not complaining because I'd like the videos as they're coming, but I'm noticing that I'm struggling to find stuff to watch on YouTube. Whereas before I would have just like a couple of videos from a couple of my favorite creators a couple times a week so that every breakfast I would have something to watch. I wouldn't really have to go looking for much. Yeah. Uh, but now... I now I have other video archives and other series of things from these creators that I like that I could go looking and and watching. The problem is that uh, for me personally, the set top box that I have, the interface for youtube is terrible so you only get to see like 10 or 20 videos at a time so if you're deep diving someone's archive it doesn't remember your spot it's not like netflix so then you have to go and like search through 500 videos to find out where you left off at video 247 that alone takes a couple minutes and it sounds silly but like you we're just so used to having content at our fingertips that when you have to go through a very cumbersome ui to get what you want it's like whatever i'll just go do something else Mm -hmm. so um i'm i have noticed the the lower frequency of content uh, that i'm consuming maybe i just need to go find a few more youtubers you know a few more people that i like so that i have more content coming in from uh more people as opposed to relying just on a select few um but uh in in that res- regard i'm happy that some of the people that i follow that are artists like me uh and and are content creators you know like you and i are taking time with their families and are taking time to sit back, maybe reset a little bit and enjoy the game as opposed to, uh, I guess, succumbing to the insatiable appetite of YouTube. I think it's a dangerous slope, you know, to to realize that for the most part, well, granted, there's a lot of advertising revenues and other things that people can make money for. You're putting these videos out for free. Like generally, the people that are watching your YouTube videos don't have to pay for them. Mm-hmm. So to to have that be a, Jump minion, how high should I jump? Says the Minecrafter. Uh, It should not be a thing. Like, I think you should, anybody that's looking to start content creation should do it at a pace that keeps it fun for them. Uh, Because I'd I'd hate to see burnout affect people's health. And uh, especially when you've got a nice summer that you can enjoy, like don't don't sacrifice, you know, opportunities to enjoy the weather and, you know, all that kind of stuff for the sake of just grinding through and making a, a Minecraft build.
0: Yeah, you'll hear people talking a lot about work-life balance, especially when it comes to freelance fields like content creation and what you do with art and that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And it's it's definitely something that's difficult to tackle because if you're going freelance and you're you know committing yourself to doing this as a, a routine, if not as a job, then you kind of want to be at it all the time and like everything is moving your, your business or your, your progress forward. But it is nice to uh, stop and smell the summer flowers every now and again so we we highly recommend that here at the spawn chunks we endorse going outside believe it or not uh, but that is <laughs> but that is going to be it for this episode guys thank you so much for listening and i hope you listen to it somewhere on the beach uh we're gonna put all of the links and stuff in the uh, show notes on the spawn as per usual the music for the show was composed by me and the spawn chunks is proud to be a listener supported podcast if you get some value out of the show why not consider putting some value back in you might even get to hang out with us in the hangout's like the one we had yesterday, you can visit patreon.com slash thespawnchunks to join the community, where pledging at any level will get you an invite to our patrons-only discord chat and more. It will even get us closer to our next milestone goals of reinstating our chunk mail dispenser segment, and we are currently at 110 patrons, so we're breaking even on last week. It's very cool to have the support of all of our, our patrons, old and new, and with special thanks to our content engineers, JD Williamson and Yitz, for their support on this episode.
1: Sharing the podcast with your friends is the easiest way to support the show. You can find us at the Spawn Chunks on Twitter and Instagram, but a personal recommendation is by far the best way to share the podcast with your friends and server mates and other places that you talk about Minecraft. Just poke a friend in the arm, say, hey, this is awesome. You should listen to it. You'd be surprised how often that works. You can email the show at TheSpawnChunks at gmail.com. Subscribe on iTunes, Android, Stitcher, and Spotify. And of course, you can find us on YouTube as well if that is how you listen listen, not watch, listen to your podcasts. (laughs) The RSS feed is linked on the spawnchunks.com and the patron only RSS feed that we mentioned at the top of the show is available on the Patreon page. That is the only place where you can listen to the Render Distance, the extended version of the podcast and our most recent quarterly hangout if you are a
0: patron. My name is Johnny, but online I go by PixelRifts, and you can find most of what I do at YouTube.com/pixelrifts, where I attempt to make sense of this crazy and wonderful game in a series called the Minecraft Survival Guide. I also stream three days a week on Twitch, doing behind-the-scenes work for the aforementioned series, and I'm the voice for the unofficial Hermitcraft Recap, which you can find through a quick YouTube search. Aside from that, I'm at PixelRifts on both Twitter and Instagram. Joel, where can people find you online?
1: Everything that I am doing online is at joelduggan.com. That includes my illustration and design portfolio. If you're interested in hiring me, then just drop me a line there. You can tune into my Minecraft and my art streams at Twitch. That's twitch.tv slash joelduggan. And uh, hey, I'm going to point you towards the Citadel Cafe. We've been having a lot of
0: fun on that podcast recently. So check that out. That's at thecitadelcafe.com. Thanks for visiting the Spawn Chunks. The world outside is infinite and that's why I'm going to the beach.